You're listening to Version Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. What does Guinness on Tap, St. Patty's Day, and a hardworking lad named Adam have in common? Pound and Grain loves them all. Oh, and they're all from Ireland. Adam Carroll is a talented multitasker, client management finesser, and project manager extraordinaire. With a background in social, digital, and advertising, he crossed the Atlantic nine months ago, beginning at Pound and Grain three months later, and we're so glad he did. Today, he has joined us in the six. Not only is it his first time in Toronto, but it's his first time on the podcast. So it's only fair that we put him in the hot seat. How kind of us, right? The Pound and Grain team from far and wide submitted questions, and Adam is ready to tickle your ears with his brilliant Irish accent. Version Control presents The Hot Seat, featuring Adam Carroll. Quick note to all of our non-Pound and Grain listeners that there will be mention of a few names in this episode that you might not know the meaning of. In particular, we have Marguerite Gailey, who is our junior strategist here at Pound and Grain, Hannah Kelly, who is a senior digital producer, and Shane Kelly, presumably no relation, although both Irish, who is a planner. Marguerite and Shane work out of our Vancouver office. Hannah is our sole member of the Pound and Grain Dublin office. All right, thanks so much. Enjoy the episode. We have a very special treat today. All the way from, what do you guys call yourselves? The Emerald Isle? Yep, the Emerald Isle, yep. All the way from the Emerald Isle, by way of Vancouver, to right here in Toronto, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Feels very like an interview or something, but I'm looking forward to it. It's exactly what it is. It is the hot seat. It is the hot seat. And for our listeners who can't see how this is set up, Ivana (laughs) and I are staring at Adam interrogation (laughs) style. So we've definitely got him in the hot seat and we're going to get into our first hard hitting question. Go for it. So what is your favorite bit of Irish slang that Canadians don't understand? My fa- oh, so that's funny. Um, myself or Marguerite and I um, regularly would sl- I'd regularly slack Marguerite something that's very Irish, and she would. Um, Shane does the same thing. Actually, I think we kind of wind her up a little bit. Um, oh, there's actually so much. If I actually went through my <laughs> Slack channel on my phone, I'd say I could pick out a lot. Um, I suppose which is one that's just kind of funny, which everyone kind of knows which maybe isn't very Irish, but a lot of Irish people say it, is grand. Yeah. And it's something that even the client says now and again, and she would say it um, not very much in context, and it doesn't make much sense, but it makes me laugh. Um, like, for example, Asher, look, it's grand. Um, it's kind of very much, if like shit hits the fan ever in Ireland, it's, if it's saying that everyone would just say, um, it's kind of just like whatever it is, what it is. Um, actually, look, it's grand kind of thing. So it's kind of sarcastic. It's very sarcastic, yeah. Um, but also in a different context, if I said, if you asked me, oh, how was the concert? And I was like, oh, it's grand. It, that would mean it's it was fine, like it wasn't great. <laughs> but That's so interesting. For example, would say grand if she's very happy about something. I'm like, is she actually happy or is she That's not? That's funny. So it's kind of like, 
people interpret it a bit differently. Um, and she just says it because I say it a lot and Hannah says it a lot. So, um, well, yeah, that's one. Well, brand uh, sounds like it would be a really good thing. Say again? It sounds like it would be a really good I thing. I don't know. Well, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a weird thing that just people don't really get unless they're from Ireland, I guess. Um, yeah, there's a lot more. I I'm definitely can think of a lot better ones than that. It might come to me towards the end of the podcast, but um, I might spit one out and you'd be like, what the hell does that mean? But um, yeah. I know that you would slack uh, if you can get this over by EOB. And I'd be like, is that? No, COB. Oh, close of business. Like Cobb. And yeah, I was like, Cobb. Oh, I've yeah, never heard yeah. that one. Yeah, I was like, what's this guy talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that's one that we would say in Ireland a lot. Um, I actually have never used it here because I don't think anyone understood what it meant. But um, yeah, Cobb is another good one. Um, so speaking of the differences between Ireland and Canada, what's, what's something you've noticed about Canada that's so different from um, your home? I think... Especially Vancouver for me, um, culture is like a massive thing. And I feel like Ireland has such a, a strong culture. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain unless you actually visit the country. Um, and for me, culture very much like is related to atmosphere. Um, and you can kind of feel another word that I say a lot is it's very buzzy. Um, which is um, pretty much means like it's very vibrant um, or like there's just a lot going on and it's not dead. Um, so when I kind of, when I went to Vancouver, I was told before I went that it's very chill. It's very kind of relaxed. Um, and even like bars and stuff I find over there wouldn't be as buzzy as I'd like them to be. Um, and it's not to say that, that Canada doesn't have culture. It definitely does have culture. Um, but for me, there's just, Ireland has such a strong culture that I can't really put into words unless you go there. And if you just walk around the city, you'll understand what I mean. Or if you walk into any random pub or bar, there's just this feeling that you'd get. Um, and it's a feeling that I think I always ask this question to people if they ever visit Ireland, because, um, it's something that I don't really experience anywhere else. And that's obviously very biased of me to say, but if either anyone in this room goes to, to Dublin or anywhere in the countryside, I think you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, it's a very kind of homely vibe. And for me, like I moved to Vancouver as my first time moving away from home because I, did, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so I think that was the, the main thing, I guess, an, an atmosphere related culture maybe isn't really answering your question, but for me, that's how I interpret it. Are there any differences between working in agency in Ireland versus Canada? Um, so I only worked in, well, I did work experience for three months before my previous job. Um, and my previous job here in Dublin, I was there for nearly two years. And everyone there was just a bit crazy, I have to say. Um, the, uh, there was about 40 people in the office. Um, the music was always just like really loud, kind of sound like when I say to people, it's like at the office, they did nothing. It just sounds like they're having a great time. We didn't work hard. Um, but I think for me, it's, it goes back to a little bit of the Irish culture where it's just kind of like, whatever it is, what it is. Um, and when I went to Vancouver, it was very different for me because, um, Again, I always revert back to music, but it, it, the office is a lot quieter than what I was used to maybe in Dublin. And um, again, I'm not saying every agency in Dublin is like that. I think I was definitely an agency where um, they were a bit, well, their word that they always said was bold and they were just a bit extreme with things. Um, so I think for me, the, the difference anyway was definitely my role. Um, 
previously when I was in Dublin, I was a social media executive. Um, so it was very community management focused, uh, reporting focused, but it was very, um, I had a lot of client facing stuff as well. And I, I was in touch with the client a lot. I wasn't just left up to the project manager or creative team or um, client team. Um, but for me, it was a big change because I went from very much um, product focused um, related work where I was working with you know, like the likes of Heineken and, and Ben and & Jerry's and Magnum and a few other kind of big brands. Um, one brand that you won't know is Barry's Tea, which is Ireland's most beloved tea brand. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's a brand, it's a thing that like every Irish person brings abroad with them if they move away. So in my house in Vancouver, I have a stock Aww. full of Barry's Tea. And it's like their kind of motto or like... Um, what's the word? I suppose their thing is it's a taste of home. So it's like, you know, when you have your first sip of Barry's tea, it's like a taste of home. It definitely, you do feel it. Are we talking orange Pico here? No, no. It's like, it's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a breakfast tea pretty much. Um, but, um, we're learning a lot about Ireland. I I, I don't know where this is after going to be honest, but, um, (laughs) you asked me the question was, how is it different from back home? So, um, for me, job wise, it's completely different because I'm working with which is very B2B focused, um, which was completely new to me, which I um, I did highlight in my interview. I said, like, look, it's a very similar role, but it's, I don't have much B2B focused um, experience. Um, like back home with all these products or brands we were working with, we were doing like in-house shoots and stuff. And, you know, it was very, um, <laughs> a lot of the time it was very last minute, but we got the job done. But it, I went from somewhere where I was making decisions on, um, how a product would look or feel in a in a photo or a video to a completely different side of where it's very as I said very B two B focused, um, but something different. And I wanted something different. I didn't want to be doing the same thing. And um, I was very happy to kind of land on my feet and pen and grain in that sense and try something new. Totally. Yeah. So how have you dealt with these you know culture shifts that you've had to encounter? Um, like, do you think that you've had to become more malleable, or have you remained Irish? In a Canadian setting? Um, it's funny. I, I honestly do think that my voice and stuff has probably changed a little bit since I moved over. Um, I think Shane and Hannah, I, I think they're very like true and true Irish. Not that I'm not as well, but they, I think I, I stupidly would change my accent sometimes very subtly, but because like even on my way to work there the other day, uh, coming here, I was in an Uber and um, the taxi driver was asking where I was from. And I, he was like, he from like Australia. He was, he was trying to like guess or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm from Dublin. I'm from Ireland. And he said, oh, really? He's like, oh, Jesus, I can really understand you. He said, most Irish people that come into my cars, I can't understand. And he said, recently, I brought a couple to the airport. And he's like, I think they're from the countryside. I think they said somewhere called Cork. And I said, well, Jesus, yeah, I, I, cannot, I, I can't even understand half the words they're saying as well. Um, so again, if I've gone on an absolute tangent here, I don't know what the question was, but... Um, yeah, I think, yeah, going back to culture, sorry, that was your question. Um, I think you do have to adapt um, and just kind of adapt to your surroundings. And um, again, it was very different for me. It, was, it is very different for me. It's my first time moving away from home. I've always lived in my parents' house with my uh, brothers and sisters. So, um, yeah. You kind was, of brought a little, a little group of Ireland yeah, with you, though. I definitely did, yeah. And um we kind of like I only decided to go to move to Vancouver in March um, and I was there come the end of May. So it was very, very last minute. And um, I moved over with my two of my best friends and uh, 
it was funny like on the plane like I usually would research a lot of stuff before I move anywhere or even go on holidays if even if it's a weekend trip and um it was like a t- it's a 10 hour flight from Dublin and we were like arriving like 40 minutes in like 40 minutes and the pilot gave us a bit of an announcement and uh I was sitting beside my friend and I was like D- don't really know much about Vancouver or whatever and he was like yeah, nor do I really, to be honest. So it was very, like, you know, it was just a complete new experience for me. And um, was it a bit of a culture shock? A little bit. But, I, I mean, there's so many Irish people in Vancouver anyway, so it's not like you feel a million miles away from home, even though you are kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely. So going back to kind of what you've done now and how your role has changed, yeah. um, now you're very much on the client management yeah. side of things. Um, what's the most difficult part about doing that um i think the most difficult part is obviously making them happy first of all and with with it with the client like um um, you know yourself ivana it's very last minute sometimes and projects come in um very last minute and it's you know it's difficult for me in the sense of you know you got to resource accordingly then and they're very demanding um in the sense of i mean i get on with all the clients great um and that's my kind of number one goal. And I said it to Hannah in my interview. I said, look, I had great relationships with my clients uh, back home in Dublin. And I said, like, you know, the most important thing is to keep them happy because when, you know, things go wrong or things don't go according to plan, um, once you have a strong relationship with them, I think it makes things a lot easier. Um, so again, that's always my number one is just to make them happy. Um, and I think that's a very generic answer that everyone says, but I think it's very true. Um, well, it's very important. It's very important. But yeah, I mean, again, I, I've learned a lot from Hannah, um, particularly um, as, as my manager. Um, and I learned a lot from everyone, really. Um, because where I used to work, you know, we didn't really have a very good resourcing structure, whereas in Pound and Grain, there is a very strong structure and everyone's resourced accordingly. And, you know, if there's problems, everyone tries their best to make sure that it goes to plan. And back home it was kind of just like you'd get a brief and you'd hope to god a designer would be free to do it um so in that sense pound and grain like they've got very good structure i think within the company um and they've got very good processes which again was a bit new to me and even like some things like jira and stuff was completely new to me and even working with you guys here like i mean i don't really work with anyone in vancouver um so a lot of my communication is through slack or over the phone um, so again, it was totally new to me. I obviously prefer working face to face with people. So I was delighted to come out here for the week um, and meet a few, especially you, Nick, and a few others that like the likes of Mark. Um, I've met Andre and Scott and Ivana before. So um, I, do, I do miss that side of it, I have to say. And, you know, Ivana, I was talking to you about it yesterday. Um, it's great to be face to face people. And even like Andrea, who I'd be most in contact with every day when I did meet her here, it was like as almost as if we met each other ages ago kind of thing, which is good, I think. I think it shows how strong um, our team is here. So, um, yeah, I think that answers your question. Yeah. yeah. Andrea, our community manager. Andrea, our community manager, yeah. Who Adam's in contact with constantly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just think it's a good point. Like, um, I also haven't worked in many different places. Pound and Green was my first mm-hmm. uh, marketing gig. But I wonder if it is different that when you have those cross-country communications, how you manage that kind of side and within the agency and the relationships between the team and the culture, it's, it's difficult, but I think we've done it pretty well. Oh, definitely, and yeah. And, we you hope know, to see you more. Yeah, it's, um, 
initially when I was told that most of the team would be in Toronto and the time difference and stuff, I was a bit kind of like, oh God, how is this going to work? But um, even with Hannah going back to Dublin now, it, I, I still think it's super, super strong. Even I'd even go as far as saying I think it's even better. Um, not because she's not with me, <laughs> given out to me, but um, just because then she's on top of things early in the morning and then you guys are all in the same time as and then I'm three hours behind. So they almost have like an 18 hour kind of coverage of the account. Um, totally. And so I think- why don't we give a, a little overview of uh, what we're talking about for our non-pounding grain listeners here, just what an international affair this is. Yeah, so pretty much Hannah, who's my, who's my manager, she, um, she recently moved back, she's Irish as well. So she recently moved back to Dublin. Um, so as I said, she's my manager, but she's what, eight hours behind me uh, in Vancouver. So um, she's slightly tweaked her working hours from nine to five to I think 11 to seven. Um, so she gets a nice lie in anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, um, so then I'm three hours behind the team here in Toronto. So and then again, we're dealing with a client in New York. And I'm dealing with a client in New York. So um, yeah, I think time management is is very key part of my role. Um, but as I said, Hannah's great at, you know, teeing up the Toronto team first in the morning and, you know, I can brief the team late uh, in the afternoon, my time. So we're all kind of aligned and, you know, we've got daily check-ins and I've got a daily kind of update for Hannah at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I think, I think the process is quite smooth and I hope it touch wood stays that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, again, it's completely different for me. It's, it's very new, but um, again, I'm not, it's one of those things I want to get a bit of my comfort zone and um do something new so totally yeah so you're very entrenched in the social media world yeah for lack of a better way to put it that yeah. may sound very rich like it was a, a like a war zone but yeah <laughs> pretty you're, much you're a social media guy yeah is there any trend that you're particularly excited about uh, that i'm excited about well i mean i always follow um kind of global brands that i have interest in um the likes like nike and adidas and and I'm a big soccer or football fan. I don't really know what you guys call it over here. Um, <laughs> we so, call it soccer. Okay, God. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I'd follow, you know, like a lot of football teams that have quite clever Twitter accounts and, you know, just to kind of engage their audience a little differently. And I think social media is is definitely an area where it's constantly changing um, and you know, you got to be on your feet. And it's something that a client always asks you for is, which comes up time and time again, um, from my experience is how can we be a bit more innovative? And, you know, sometimes there's just nothing there, but when something does pop up, you have to jump on it. And every brand, whether it be very product focused or the likes of um, they want to be part of it. And I think um, you just got to be on, on, on your toes for that, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of what's coming in the future, I'm not too sure. It's kind of crazy when you think about how big the likes of Facebook was only a couple of years ago and how how little it's kind of become versus the likes of Instagram. And I suppose Snapchat's kind of falling down the ladder as well a little bit in that sense. Maybe a younger audience, I suppose I'm just getting a bit older now, so maybe don't use it as much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, to be honest, I don't know where it's heading, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, I do think Instagram is kind of at its peak at the moment. um, And I do think there's definitely room for something else to come in. Not sure what that's going to be. But um, as I said, working with big clients like or other kind of brand focused um, 
companies with the likes of Heineken and, and big kind of ice cream brands and Barry's Tea, um, you just got to be on your toes and you got to be, you know, the client is expecting you to be on your toes and jump on those opportunities when they come through. So, um, yeah, well, look, we've got a great creative team here and I think we're all aligned on that. So we always try and innovate where we can or try new things. So, yeah. You've worked for some some pretty big profile brands. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any brands that you would love to work for? Um, yes, I think, as I already mentioned, maybe some sort of like big hitters in the sports world. Um, because my degree was sports management, which is a bit of oh. a strange one, I suppose, where I'm at right now. But I did go more the business side of things as opposed to the exercise route. Um, so it was very kind of like sports marketing focused. Um, I did a little bit of sports stuff in the agency I previously worked with. So it's pretty much like, I'd love to work for a football club, I think, later down the line. Um, Who's I think, your team? Yeah. Oh, Leeds. Um, <laughs> so they're, uh, they're, look, they're on their way back up. They're, um, I think they're- It's a building year. It's a yeah, building year. Oh, it's just one of those things, yeah. When I was a kid, they were actually very, very good. And um, my dad's a Leeds fan and most Leeds fans are pretty much Leeds fans because their dad's a Leeds fan. Um, Wait, are they Irish? No, they're they're from England. So it's something that I actually do miss a lot um, because I think last season before I came here, I flew over eight times in the season. So um, I do get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday to watch them play. And um, so, yeah, it's a big one for me. I do think that's my ultimate goal for now um but my head is constantly changing and my my thoughts are always i'm like oh god maybe that isn't what i want to do and it's i I definitely want to stay in marketing it's just what route is next i'm not sure i'm very happy where i'm at at the moment um and i'm not worrying about it too much but i do think maybe if i could get in i I suppose the dream job would be maybe looking after leads social media accounts Um, (laughs) but again that's a bit of an ask so i'm not sure yet is there a north american sport that might take the place will not mm. totally take the place in your heart but is this a runner-up no. i don't think so to be honest um like even like when i went to see the white cups like last summer and stuff and it's just it's a complete different buzz to what i'm used to um, what about hockey mm, i haven't been to hockey matches yet so First That's, of all, we call them games. Okay, but. Well, okay. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't been to a hockey game as of yet, but it is on my list to go um, because I was quite disappointed with um, the atmosphere at the Whitecaps mm. game. I felt it was very family day out focused, whereas now again, obviously I'm not like an avid fan of the Whitecaps, so um, I was pretty much like a tourist just sitting there, but it was a bit weird. I walked through the turnstiles and... I felt like I was going to like a cinema because all this smell was like popcorn and it was just like not, I'm used to going in and a gritty kind of concourse and having like a pint and a pie kind of thing. Um, and you can almost feel the energy. Whereas there I was like, I just don't feel it. And I was like, to no disrespect, I was like, I'm just not going to go back because it's not what I'm into. And you, you might enjoy a hockey or basketball. I think game I will. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, or uh, come, come back to Toronto in the summer. You could see, Toronto FC, the football. Yeah, they're. Um, or I, I saw baseball. some clips. Yeah, of, of Toronto team, and I think it's a bit more of a an atmosphere there than maybe the Whitecaps. But um, as I said, it's not that I'm ruling it out. It's just I'm very Leeds focused, which is terrible, and I'm very biased. But you like what you like, and yeah. you're used to the energy, so I it am. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Should we do like a rapid fire? Definitely a rapid sure. fire. So I just want to set this up by saying that I don't know. So we open this up to the team at Pounding Green, and 
I'm not really sure who submitted these. Okay. I assume an Irish person. Okay, it's probably Shane. <laughs> and I have no idea what most of them mean. I don't know if uh, if Ivana does. Nope, okay. I wouldn't no. even know how to pronounce some of them. So, okay. with your, your picks, sure. can you give us a little explanation of what exactly we're talking about here? Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. So, you want to start us off? Sure. So, coming in at number one, Adam. Yeah. Tato or King? King, definitely. What are we talking about here? So these are, okay, this is another one. They're crisps or chips, as you would say over here. Oh. Um, the chips game over in Ireland is a lot better than it is here, I think. Um, wow. No, it is. Yeah. Big time. Honestly, it is. Um, You've had so, ketchup chips, right? You've had all dressed? Because those are our chips. Yeah, they're, they're fine. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going home in... May for a week, and I'm gonna bring back loads of different Please kind do. of crisps for you to try, <laughs> and I'll fire them over to. Or if I'm in New York again, I'll bring them over. Or I'll post them out to you. Um, so King or Tato, so they're both Irish branded crisps, and they're both cheese and onion flavor. Well, their most iconic flavor is cheese and onion, and it's a question that does arise a lot with Irish people, and it's people get very judgy over it. But um, I'm gonna say King because my dad's mom, my granny. Um, she always had them in the house as a kid and it was just, yeah, it was like the go-to. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Next up, I believe it's pronounced Kieran or Podge. Uh, (laughs) 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 That's definitely a question from Shane. So, um, (laughs) myself and Shane have a mutual friend called Kieran, um, and his brother is Podge, but I know them both very, very well. Um, and Podge has the most Irish name you'll ever hear in your life. Um, so his name is Podrick Fitzpatrick, which is pretty much means Patrick Fitzpatrick <laughs> uh, in English. Um, but he's in Vancouver at the moment. Um, he, he went there a few months before I did. Um, I'm going to say Podge because I'm known better, but I know Shane's going to say Kieran. So you and Shane, yeah. who's another producer in Vancouver he, He's Ireland. strategy. He's strategy yeah. from Ireland. You guys have mutual friends from Ireland? So what happened was, and it's, it's actually kind of part of my story of how I arrived yeah, here in Penn and Grain. So um, I got onto Podge when I was in Vancouver and I was kind of like, initially I was finding it a bit difficult to like find an agency or an agency that I wanted to work for because I didn't want to just work for any kind of agency. Um, so initially I worked in a, in a restaurant because in the summer I thought I had enough money to keep me going. I was like, I'm going to have the best summer, three months off work. And after like a month, I was like, shit, I have no money. Um, so a restaurant opened up beside us and I was there for about a month. Anyway, long story cut short, um, I kind of got a bit frustrated working there and I was like, I want to go back into what I'm used to doing. Um, so Podge knew I was getting a bit frustrated and he said, oh, well, my brother Kieran knows this chap called Shane who works in this agency called Pound and Grain. I'll give you his number. So I said, yeah, no bother. So um texted Shane and Shane got back to me and he gave me a few recommendations and he said, um, I feel like this is like the Adam and Shane show, but he was like, um, he basically got back and was like, I sent him his, my, my resume or CV and uh, I, think, I don't think there was a job at the time that to kind of suit my criteria, um, but uh, a job then popped up and um, sent it through Shane, which I think Shane sent through to Dana and then lo and behold had an interview with Dana and Hannah and all went well. Um, so... Yeah, the connection with Shane is just a mutual friend who's this Kieran dude. Thanks, thanks, Podge, for yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's bringing just us so, Adam. 
delightfully quaint that you guys knew each other from Ireland. Yeah. Kind of. You know, kind of. It sounds like this like nice little hamlet yeah. where everybody knows each other. Yeah, I mean, I, and to be honest, everyone in especially South Dublin does know each other because it's quite small and everyone's just a bit like, yeah, everyone just knows everyone. But um, yeah, Shane did work with Kieran back home. So that's where the connection was. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Chef or Heinz? Uh, I, I, I hate tomato ketchup. So I'm going to say neither. They're both ketchup brands, and I think it's the most revolting sauce ever. So, no, gross. It's a very American what sauce. What do you eat with your chips? Garlic mayo, which they don't really have over here. Well, in Vancouver, I find it very difficult to find. Or barbecue sauce, or maybe just mayo. Yeah. Okay. Wow, a real renegade. Yeah. Viduca or Beckford? Oh, wow. Um, two very iconic Leeds strikers that um, have scored. Oh, my God. I was like, are these liquors? No, no, no. Like, big-time strikers that used to play for Leeds, like, iconic, um, scored a ton of goals for, for the club. Uh, different eras, though. So Viduca would have been the go-to striker when I was a kid and Beckford more in my early teens. I'm going to say Viduca. Um, you guys are nodding your head as if you know this dude, but anyway, it doesn't no, really matter. No, I think it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. Cool, cool name. Cool name. dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, berries or lions? Uh, berries, 100%. That's the tea brand I was only talking about. Ah. So that's another one where it's very uh, debatable in Ireland, like between uh, Tato and King. It's another one where it's, are you a berries man or a lions man? And, um, I could definitely not say I could definitely not say um, lines after working with Barry's. I think the client would shoot me if I ever if I ever tell them that I um, drank lines. So that's constantly in the house. Can you find that tea here? You can, but I'd say it's ridiculously expensive. Oh, okay. um, again, I'm going to bring back a load of Irish merch for you to uh, to give a go. I'll Can't bring wait. back some Barry's as well. Good. Definitely not lines. <laughs> yeah. uh, Keywell or roof. Cool. Uh, I think you mean cool uh, or roof. That's a, that, um, definitely roof purely because cool uh, was a bit of a traitor and moved to a club that leads hate. No, this is soccer players again. No, they're soccer players. These are all <laughs> definitely questions from Shane, I'm assuming. Um, so definitely roof. Yeah. Nice. This one I actually do understand, but. No, you go for it. Commercial or Bushwick? Oh, um, wow. And or the Toronto equivalent. Uh, oh. Um, these are neighborhoods, by the way. Yeah, yeah. probably Bushwick. Um, kind of getting a bit sick of commercial at the moment because I'm constantly there. That's probably why. And yeah, I think Bushwick just has a bit of better vibe. But I like both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Biscuit or cake? Biscuit. Yeah. Are we talking about biscuits and cake or is this something else? I'm assuming it's just like, do you prefer a biscuit or a cake? Okay, just making sure. Yeah, who well, knows what that could be? We mean. don't know. It could I'm, be some Irish slang. Yeah, no. Well, unless I'm an idiot, I think. Yeah, just biscuit. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Marcello or Fiona? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know what one of those are. So... Uh, so <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Marcelo Bielsa is—it's <laughs> another Leeds reference. Um, he's like, um, he's like a god at the moment in Leeds. He's a Leeds manager. He's from Argentina, and he's just like turned the whole club around, and has just done like amazing things. And, and you're in love with him. Yeah, I'm pretty much. He's like my <laughs> man crush at the moment. So um, 
Oh god, I have to say Fiona really, don't I? So but, who's uh, Fiona? F- Fiona's my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say Fiona. I hope she doesn't listen to this because you really oh debated god, that. I'm not going to send it to her. <laughs> okay, so since you know we do have our two offices in Vancouver yep. and Toronto, we have a healthy rivalry. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's just born of just natural. I sure. think so. We need to know the answer. Oh, in conclusion, Toronto or Vancouver? Oh wow! This um, is for all the money here. This is the money question. I think. Well, I can hardly say Toronto then walk back into the Vancouver <laughs> office as if nothing's after happening. You'll, um, you'll be excommunicated, I'm sure. Okay, I'm gonna say Toronto only because. That's it. We win. Only because. <laughs> well, purely because. I work with everyone here on a daily basis. Um, How about the city, though? Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Probably Toronto as well. Um, It's got the buzz. It's got that buzz that I'm always looking for. Um, Now, again, I haven't seen much of Toronto. I will be seeing a bit more this weekend. Um, So I'm not going to give you an answer on that one just yet. I already got an answer. We We win. win. Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 41, The Hot Seat, featuring Adam Carroll. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes.